Hello and welcome to The Family Show. I'm your host, Eleanor Rossman, and joining me today and every week are Brendan Randy Lee. Good day. Good to see you. <laughs> always good to see it's you. It's always an adventure here. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen, no, right? No, no. Well, the only thing I do know is that we're going to talk about Lenten homilies. We are talking about Lenten homilies because last weekend, um, Brendan and, I this, Brendan and I heard this really intriguing homily from Father Sam Dubois, which it may be Dubois, I don't know what, what the last yeah, name I, is. I know, it's I Father know, Sam. I, I love him, though. Um, usually when we're talking about a Father Sam, it's Father Sam Hauser, but this time it's Father Sam, we'll call him Dubois. Um, and last weekend was a big weekend, right? Lots going on in the readings. Abraham, or Abram at that point, Abram being sent forth from his home and his family. It's really our first encounter with Abram in the Bible. Um, there was the opening to a letter from Tim, a letter to Timothy from Paul. Then the gospel is the transfiguration, obviously a very big deal. You got Moses, Elijah, they show up. Um, a lot there to talk about. But Father Sam does this relatively short homily, right? And he picks up on only one word, and that word is not Moses or Elijah or Abram or even Abraham. It's beloved, right? Father Sam is like, look how Paul addresses Timothy. He calls him beloved, right? Same term on the transfiguration, right? The father calls Jesus beloved, right? We're in Lent. But Lent isn't for you to remember how much you need to give up. Lent is for you to remember how beloved you are, Mm -hmm. right? You look at the readings, right? What's God say to Abram? I love you, and I will bless you, and I will make a great nation of you. I will make your name great. All the communities of the earth I will bless through you. Can you imagine, Abram, the future I have for you, right? What's God say to Peter, John, and James, right, at the at the transfiguration? Peter's like, got to get busy here, right? <laughs> we know why we're here. You need servants, construction workers. Someone's got to build booths, three booths, got to, you know, got to get started. And God's like, stop, right? That's not it at all. Mm-hmm. The cloud that you're in, it's shining. My son, Moses, Elijah, all shining like the sun, right? This this brightness, this is what I have for you. This is what I want for you. You are here because I want you to see this, know this, because I love you, right? All the readings, even like Timothy, right? Beloved, We are saved, and not because we're good or our works are good, but because he loves us. And we will not know death, and we will not know darkness. We will only know life and light because he designed us to be loved. And I think it takes, I mean, we could just our whole life meditate on that, on how much God loves us. I mean, we can't even, like, comprehend that. But once... And, but we should really strive to go deeper into that because until we know how much God loves us, that's how we can put out love to others. Yeah. You know, we just, we don't cut it short and just 
we don't encounter people that way. But you know, and I, th- I think about the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. You know, when she encounters Jesus, mm-hmm. right? What does she do? She goes out to tell everybody mm-hmm. about him. But it's that first encounter with him that changed her, right? So it's that encountering Jesus. And we could say we do that in prayer, mm-hmm. adoration. You know what I mean? But right. really recognizing, knowing how much we're loved, you can't help but want to go share that with your brothers and sisters. Right. And to see people, I think of all the time in the grocery store, how fast your mind goes. <laughs> you <laughs> know, you see people, I know. Oh. And, you know, whether it's <clears throat> whatever, how their appearances, your mind starts going and you already put these people in a box mm-hmm. instead of just seeing them as a child of God first. Can you... Can we approach and get that mindset of this is a child of God? You know, and I read something good, too. It was in a meditation in Magnificat. And as far as, like, uh, I forget the name of the priest that said it, but it was saying that, you know, when we criticize other people, what we don't realize that we're all a work in progress. Mm-hmm. You know, that no, you, when we, you, like you said, we put them in a box. Mm-hmm. Oh, you are this. Right. Or you're that. You realize what we're doing, we're stagnating that person, mm-hmm. um, judging that person mm-hmm. instead of, you know, really looking inwardly. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's really interesting because I think you're, you're, you're both right on my, it's, it's like such an important concept, right? And, and in fact, we hold all these great superstars of the Bible. They're packed into one week just to remind us in the middle of Lent that we are loved, right? So it's gotta be important, right? And, and it may not always feel that way that we are loved, but yeah. we always are, right? Mm-hmm. And and being Catholics in America, I think it's hard to wrap our heads around why being beloved matters as much as you guys were just saying, because in America we're told we have a right, or and, yeah. and because we have a right to mm-hmm. everything, right, we deserve it, um, we... we if we want it, we should have it, right? Because because we have these, it's all things we have a right to. But the reality of Christianity is that we are in exile, right? Yeah. I mean, basically, we're in prison, right? We've sinned, we've fallen, you know, cast out. Um, kind of an interesting dynamic that the angels are waiting to see, like after the fall, the angels are waiting to see where we're going to be sent because we can't stay in Eden, right? And and so the angels are all wanting to see what exile is going to look like. And God, of all things, is focused on, at that moment, our granddaughter, Elish, right? You, you didn't know this, but you take creation story back, right? they, they fall, right? Elish is like this major player, right? And God's focus, right, as, as we're, Adam and Eve are being sent out in a, exile, God's focus is that Elish, age one, is really into yellow, right? Oh, the color yellow. The color yellow, right? And, and she really likes yellow. And God is seeing Alish out across all these millennia, right? And and God says, oh my gosh, little Alish loves yellow. I got to make yellow. I can't make just one yellow, Right. There's got to be banana yellow and sunrise yellow and sneaker yellow and sundress yellow. And as God is making all these yellows for Alish, the angels are like, God, 
you do remember you're making exile, right? I mean, you're sending them to exile. I mean, shouldn't we be focused on making the graves for exile, right? Yeah. And God is like, yeah, I know that, but Elish is my beloved, and this will make her smile someday, right? Mother Teresa used to say that the greatest human hunger is the hunger to be loved. And I was thinking about that with the Good, Sam- Good Samaritan story the other day. And needless to say, when we think about the Good Samaritan story, we normally focus on the Good Samaritan, right? right yeah. which, which gives the title, which given the title seems appropriate. But the other day I was thinking about the guy who gets beaten, robbed, left for dead, passed over twice, right? And I was wondering, what was the low point for him, right? Being beaten, being robbed, left on the side of the road. And I thought the low point had to be being passed over. Realizing Mm. that you were invisible, that your cries could not be heard that you were beyond the reach of human compassion, that you were dead to the world even when you were still alive. And then in the midst of that living death, right, this, this absolute low point, we hear Paul or the Father or Christ say, Beloved, right? Yeah. It it pierces that despair, right? That's why it's so important to know that. Jesus was offered the entire world, right? The temptation of Jesus. Jesus was offered the entire world, but he said no so that he could die on the cross and spend eternity with you. You know, when you think, I think of when you were just talking how Mother Teresa and her sisters in Calcutta, they would just take the people who that was so foreign to them that they were anyone's beloved. And she would pick them up, and that was her message, that you are beloved, and we're going to take care of you and clean you up. And, you know, and I think in our, we're not in Calcutta, but we see a lot of people each day. We Do we encounter them like that, or do we just, what do we do yeah. with, you know, the people we meet? Do we give them a smile and let them know that, hey, have a good day? You know, or, it's funny you should bring that up, too, because I noticed a couple billboards lately. I don't know if it's Moravian Health or something like that, and it says, this isn't patient right. 56102. Right. This is Mr. Avery. Mm-hmm. You know, we're right. meeting persons. Exactly. You know, in, are we getting seeing, away from that, that these are people, whether they're in, you know, a nursing home or just, like I said, like in the grocery store, yeah. like the guy pushing the carts. Right. You know, do we stop and say, hey, thanks for what you're doing? Yeah, or smile at Or smile. And it's amazing what a smile does to somebody. They almost like, whoa. Well, you know, you're recognizing them when you do that, I think. And I think, I mean, to even back it up a step, that God encounters people every day. Mm -hmm. And he does smile, Mm -hmm. right? He does smile on us. He does love us. And we have to remember that because I think a lot of times, as I said, it, it doesn't feel that way. But you think back on the creation story, God didn't need to make you to be good. By the time God made man, God already had a bunch of good stuff, right? Right. Mm-hmm. He made you to be loved. 
right? The, the, I think the thing, when, when you hear that word beloved echo through the scripture, that's there to remind us that you complete the greatest love story ever imagined, right? That's when we hear beloved in that, in that transfiguration, or when we hear beloved, when Peter says that to the church in Rome, or the, the, or he says that to Timothy, or, and he's saying that to us, and he is saying. And he means it. And he means, that's exactly right. We're, we're so conditioned to think it's a throw off line. Right. It's like <clears throat> dear in the letters that we yeah. write. Yeah, you gotta write dear, cause that's dear the way letters John. end, right? Or <laughs> sincerely yours. Why do yes. you do it? Cause that's what's the letters, right? But what that is saying to us is that you complete the greatest love story ever imagined. That's how much God loves you. We're going to hear more about that after this break, and we'll be back with The Family Show in just a minute. Stay tuned. We're back with The Family Show with Brenda and Randy Lee, and we're going to talk more about that beautiful word, Beloved, we we are we and earlier in the show we we're talking about lots of good stuff that I want to come back to you know you, you were talking um, Eleanor about the woman at the well and Brett was talking about responding to others um, and I, I want to pick up on all of those um, but I also earlier we were talking about how hard it is to wrap your mind around being Catholic living in American society. And as I said, in American society, we have a right to things, right? We get what we want or we get what we deserve, or at least we should. That's kind of the point. And the irony there is maybe that rights stuff makes us feel vindicated or empowered or justified, but it doesn't make us feel loved, right? It doesn't make us no, feel valued, right. yeah. doesn't make us feel thankful or joyful, it's funny, but I think if the low point for the guy by the side of the road in the Good Samaritan parable is being passed over, I suspect the high point is being found, right? Staying in a hotel, getting to ride on the donkey, you know, getting well, that's all great, but, <laughs> ride on the donkey. but, but, but I think it's gravy, right? It's fun to ride on a donkey, right? Never At least I would, I've never been, but, but it seems conceptually, right? The moment that matters, though, is the moment of first being loved. That's yeah. even bigger than writing on a donkey. First being recognized. That's right. Right. We hunger for value, and it's yeah. a very funny dynamic. But American society, the world leads us to believe that we have value when we accumulate wealth. Mm-hmm. Right. If you can get this car or this house or these clothes or this degree from that college, then you will have value. But in reality, the accumulation of wealth does not give you value. Why is that so hard to learn? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a hole that can never be filled, mm-hmm. right? right? It mm-hmm. just is, mm-hmm. right? You know, and, and the reality is exactly what you said. The way that we go about filling that, that hole, your sense of value will come from two sources, yeah. right? First, the most valuable being on earth values you infinitely, mm-hmm. right? The most valuable being on earth values you infinitely, and that's where it all starts. You are the most important being in all creation to the most important being in all creation. Not for what you do or what you no, have. No, no. God repeatedly pauses the story of his life to call you beloved, Yeah. right? 
To me, this feels ironic. Hopefully it is ironic. But, but when the world is trying to sell you a car, the world keeps telling you how valuable the car is, mm-hmm. how it will enhance your life. Yes. But it doesn't tell you how much the car will cost. <laughs> right? If you buy this car, fun people will flock to you, adventure will find you, you will become as beautiful as your car, but the world will never tell you the price of the car. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the world is constantly telling us how much kids cost. Oh, yeah. This is the cost of back-to-school clothes. This is the cost of college. This is what it costs to feed a family of four. But the world will never tell you how much a child will enhance your life. That's true. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and I think that leads us to our second source of value. We feel valued first because we are loved by God. And then we feel valued second when we are loved by others. Mm-hmm. Right? And I don't know if this is true, but this it draws from something that Brenda said earlier, so it must be true, right? right. But, but <laughs> if we love God because he first loved us, then maybe we are loved by others because we loved them first, mm-hmm. right? In reality, what gives you value is being valued by others, and that is a function of how much you love, right? If you think about Scrooge in A Christmas Carol, I know it's March, but and it's Lent, but, but if you think of Scrooge in A Christmas Carol, incredibly wealthy individual, and yet the two things we know about his wealth are from nephew Fred, who observes, he don't do any good with it, mm-hmm. right? And a would-be mourner who observes, he hasn't left his money to me, mm-hmm. right? Scrooge doesn't dissipate in the future in the cemetery, become forgotten, right? Because that's what he's supposed to do in the cemetery if he hadn't changed his ways. Um, but that doesn't happen because he doesn't have wealth, right? He has tons of wealth. He was to dissipate because he hadn't created value for others through his wealth. Right. And I mean, that's just about money. And this is much bigger than using your money. It's about using your life. And Scrooge hadn't used his life either. If you think about it, the characters in the gospel have been dead for 2000 years. Most of them have really tiny roles in the story. Like if you were casting and you found out that you were the woman at the well. Right. Mm -hmm. You'd go, oh, my gosh, isn't there a bigger part for me? (laughs) Right. How about but Mary? Yeah, or yeah, even I mean, even Mary doesn't show up very much, right? <laughs> she doesn't say Jesus much. just hogs the whole story. He mm-hmm. just like chubbies everybody else out, right? But here's the funny thing: it's like it's God's story. But all these people with these little parts, two thousand years later, we still remember all of them. Yeah, we do. The woman at the well, blind Bartimaeus, the man in the graveyard with the legion of demons have remained alive in the world's imagination, not because they strove to create a life story of greatness, but because they allowed themselves to play a role in the life of Christ. I was talking to someone the other day who was really afraid of where they currently were in their life. And one way they expressed that fear was to say, I just want to have a life. I just want to have a future. And ironically, the best way to have a future is to share Christ's present, Mm -hmm. right? 
the moments of your life people will remember will remember fondly are the moments you allowed yourself to express the love of Christ, right? The, the moments of your life people will remember fondly are the moments you allowed yourself to express the love of Christ. Like when Brenda was saying, what do you do when you walk in the grocery store, you see somebody, you smile, or you say hi? That's just an expression of the love of Christ to them through you, mm-hmm. right? I think the folks of Dynamic Catholic this Lent are calling these holy moments. But, but anyway, if you think about it, a thousand years from now, no one will know who Hillary Clinton was. And I'm not picking on Hillary Clinton, right? I only mention her because she's a very famous, very powerful woman of today. Yeah, of today. But, but Eleanor, to, to pick up on a theme that you raised, a thousand years from now, people will still talk about the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Why? Because she allowed herself to express the love of Christ. She allowed herself, just as you were saying, she went out and she said, guess what I just encountered? Guess who I just encountered? And people came to Christ because of her expression of him through her life. Mm-hmm. I think you have to ask for, ask God in the morning, help me to do this. Let me express your love to others today on our own we would just really like well i got all these problems and leave me alone you know you have to just yeah it's trust it, it says you know it's like saying to jesus um help me to figure out what i'm supposed to you know what, what you mean? want me to do what today what you want me to do today how, you know, how can i me. live in your image today? and it always in my mind feels like all right, you got to go do this. You've got to go, go do this. Right. You know, and, and you have all these projects and lists. And it's about me. Yes. That's me. Yes. You know, and it's interesting lately because I don't know if you guys have this problem, but I do with an, a regular adoration hour. Sometimes I fill it up with reading or mm-hmm. not that any of that spiritual reading or rosary is bad, but lately, I've just taken a picture of Jesus and let him stare back at me. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And listening to a little bit of Gregorian chant. Right. And it's just so beautiful. Right. And it's not about me doing anything. It's about allowing being in God's presence. Yes. To, to be in the presence of your beloved. And frankly, a picture helps. Yeah, well, you need to just think about it. I mean, Brent said, "Live in your, you know, let me live in your image, right? When was the last time I prayed? When was the last time I prayed? Let's talk about my deficiencies. When was the last time I got all these things I need to pray for? Lord, let me feel your love, right? This Lent, let me feel beloved, right? Because if we live in his love, if that's where it starts. If we live in his love then we can express his love. But if we divorce ourselves, right? And that's what Peter's trying to do, transfiguration. Let me be busy. Let me do things, Mm -hmm. right? Let me do stuff. That makes me feel better. And God is like, God's like, this isn't work night. This (laughs) is date night. Yeah. Right? That's what this is. I want to go on a date with you and you want to vacuum the house. No. Right? That's not what you feel. That's, That's a great analogy. You know, I want this Lent to be about our love affair. Yes. That's what he's calling us to. And and out of that, when, when we feel that love, when we engage that love, when we get up in the morning and we say, oh my gosh, Lord, 
I am overflowing with your love, right? I may not even feel that way. I may not feel like I'm overflowing with your love. But you know what? The one thing I trust in my life is that you never stop loving me. Yeah. And I'm going to express that love today. Right. Let that love flow through me today. And like Brenda, you were saying, let that love flow through me and touch the lives of others. Let me be, like Eleanor, like as you said, the woman at the well, let me transform people's lives with your love today. And only God can do that for us. Yes. Yes. You know, I always say adoration is, you know, basking in the sun, mm-hmm. not the S-U-N, the S-O-N. Yeah. Right? Because right. it's not a matter of feelings. And, I, and I'm, I'm guilty of this a lot, is it allowing my feelings to dictate what I do. Right. You know, and we just have to learn to ignore feelings. Not that they're bad, Absolutely. but they can't make these kind of decisions. Like you know said. what I think at adoration, God just delights in us showing up to keep him company. And yeah. sometimes I think when I visit my mom at the nursing home, I beforehand I'm like, well, I better bring some, because she suffers from, you know, short-term memory loss. And I think, well, I better bring pictures. I better bring this. And sometimes I occupy, here, mom, look at this, look at this, look. But lately I've been just going and holding her hand and just sitting there. Yeah. And she's perfectly fine. Right. We don't even sometimes talk. We just look out the window and, and I think maybe adoration, sometimes you just go on a visit with God and just, yes, you know, just sit with him, just sit with him, be with him. Yes. You know, bask with him, bask with him. Oh, guess what? We're out of time, but we invite you to join us every Friday at 1230 on AM 720 for the family show. And keep us in your prayers. For Brenda and Randy Lee, I'm Eleanor Rossman, and we leave you with a beautiful sound of seasons. Seasons.